Yeah, it's that time again. Believe Sports Business Sports Media. Also heard on pod clips around the world. I'm Fred. You could email us uh, if you are so inclined. And why wouldn't you be? Sportsfred at AOL.com. Sportsfred at AOL.com. Art Source back in uh, Pennsylvania. Former kicker for the Rams and the Trojans of USC. And Galaxy Sports. He does run from 3,000 miles away. And Art, the number one question to me is, uh, besides the war, of course, but uh, in the sports realm, uh, April 15th, Jackie Robinson Day. Baseball be back by then or no? I, I really was, was so bummed out with what I heard on Monday and Tuesday. And I just think they both both sides dropped the ball. You know, baseball is a great sport, Fred. We, You and I grew up in that era of listening to the great announcers in Los Angeles, whether it be Vince Scully, Jerry Doggett, Dick Enberg, Don Wells, all of them. They were great. Yeah. Um, we had a relationship with a game that was fascinating, and it just seems like the billionaires and the millionaires can't get together. And you know who loses in this situation, Fred? The you fans. and me. Yes. Yeah, the fans. I mean, there's no question. But again, I, I keep I keep saying this, not, never going to happen. I want the Dodgers one game a month to go back to 1970 prices so the average person can go. Might we ever see something like that? A throwback day. That would be marvelous. I mean, where people could actually pay 10 bucks yeah. to get a nice box seat. Yeah, yeah. maybe th- $3 for a hot dog or something, something reasonable. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be fantastic, Fred. I think our whole nation needs to look at what we're doing as a, as a group and, and realize that uh, we've totally lost our complete roadmap to where reality is. And it, it starts in sports. And I mean, I was just looking just for, you know, because I do a lot of sports research, Fred. And I was looking, there's 39 guys in the NBA right now making over, listen to this one, 39 guys making over $40 million a year. Huh. Okay? Uh-huh. <laughs> and you wonder, and you wonder why it's really tough for the NBA to draw fans. How do you... How do you re- really look at that realistically? And I mean, hey, hey, I'm for the players making money. The owners are making money hand over fist. We know that. But, I mean, at a certain point in time, where are who is commanding these kind of prices to play a kid's game? And that's all it is. And it, a guy in Southern California who was never right except this one time when he did say the world of sports is indeed the toy department. Is it not? Yeah, you know, I always laugh about it. You know, the whole idea is to, is to you know, lose yourself into, into a pastime like the game of baseball or excitement of NFL football. I mean, I loved the NBA prior to about six, seven years ago. I mean, they played defense. They ran up and down the court. Hey, matter of fact, I believe it's the, the 60th anniversary of Will Chamberlain scoring 100 points against the New York Knicks. Hershey. Who would have ever thought that was possible? In Hershey, Pennsylvania, <laughs> right down the street from where I live. So, yes, I mean, I love sports. You know that. This is what we do for, for a lifetime. But, you know, I really feel sad because I think they're about ready to kill the goose that laid the gold egg. Folks, can you afford to go to a game? And, again, Art's in Pennsylvania. He's lived a lot of his life in Southern Cal. I've lived most of my life in Southern California. Prices like the Dodger games are higher than anywhere else, I'm sure, across baseball. Laker games, the same uh, Deal. So uh, email us, sportsfreddayo.com, sportsfreddayo.com. All right, uh, Lakers, how bad are they if they think, and listen, DJ Augustine is a fine player. 
Is he going to change the Lakers from a loser to a winner, Art Source? No, not even <laughs> close. And we will see tonight, um, you know, what's going to really happen. The Lakers are hosting uh, the Clippers, or well, who's hosting who at Crypto.com right. <laughs> Center. But, but the bottom line is the Lakers need to win 14 of their next 20 games or they're going to find themselves in a play-in situation. And you know who else is going to be in a play-in situation? The new, the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. Okay? Who would have thunk something like that? And right now, i got to tell you, from what I'm seeing about James Harden and Embiid getting together in Philadelphia, between the Celtics and the, and the, and the Miami Heat and the Philadelphia 76ers, you've got three really good teams in the East. You have the defending champions in Milwaukee. I'll tell you what, for the first time in a long time, you know, and i got to give Phoenix credit. They've had a great season. And Memphis with John Morant, they're playing great. But I, I will tell you this, there are six teams that are, you know, that are right in the hunt for the NBA title. It's wide open, just like college basketball is, Fred. Okay, I heard a uh, podcast this morning, and they're talking about, uh, folks are taping this about uh, 3 o'clock uh, Pacific time on uh, Thursday afternoon, so if the games are over, time you hear this uh, podcast, well, that's you missed a, a good thing. But you can still hear it, uh, you know, after the games are over. But talking about college basketball, I heard a podcast today, and they're talking about uh, Coach K uh, ending his career on Saturday against North Carolina. And of course, he's he's coached for 40 years, and he's got more wins than anybody else. Uh, and then he said, I don't think both the guys said. Uh, yeah, we agree basically that he's the best of all time. And I'm listening, and I'm saying to myself. Uh, well, you know, it was easier to win a NCAA title when John Wooden was doing it because you didn't have to play six games or seven games in some cases. You played four or five. However, John Wooden won 38 consecutive tournament games. So whatever you're going to say about you didn't have to play as many games, nobody came close, has come close. 38 consecutive tournament games, in my mind, Art, I don't know if you agree, better than the 88-game winning streak, even better than Joe DiMaggio's uh, hitting streak. I think that the that's the greatest streak in sports because every game was do or die. Your comments. Well, Johnny Wooden is always going to be at the top of the list of all-time great college basketball coaches. You can argue about Bobby Knight, and you can argue about Mike Krzyzewski. There's a lot of great things. And, you know, Krzyzewski's done great things for the game. Sure. But a lot of people don't know. His first five times he tried to win national championships – he got beat in the finals, okay? Yeah. And, and, I mean, he responded after that. He's won five, six titles, whatever he has. Five, He's five. He's a great yeah. coach. Yeah. But the bottom line is this, all right? There's been a lot of great, great basketball coaches, okay? And it starts with John Wooden, and it ends with John Wooden. And I'm going to take that one to the grave with me. Folks, agree or disagree? Again, I heard the podcast, and it's a really good podcast. The guys really know their stuff, although it's slanted toward the SEC, and they don't really talk too much about uh, uh, teams on the west side of it. But it's a very good podcast, and uh, uh, you can email us at sportsfredadale.com, sportsfredadale.com. Okay, UCLA, USC, Saturday, the winner finishes second in the Pac-12. Both of them, of course, going to the tournament anyhow, but... um, USC did not play well against Arizona on Tuesday night. UCLA played well in the second half against Washington on Monday night. Thing is, uh, Cronin has never beaten Enfield. Uh, 0-5, I do believe. So 
your comments about the game. I like UCLA in this one, especially if Juzang is going to be healthy with his ankle. Looks like he's, he's coming back. It's nice to be 21 years old, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you oh, recover yeah. from things so much faster. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I, I mean, Enfield's done a great job building the USC basketball program up. Uh, Mick Cronin, you know, we disagree with some of his tactics. You know, he's a little, he's a little rough in the modern era. But I will say this. I think UCLA, you know, is, is starting to look good at the right time. Uh, I look at the NCAA tournament right now, and, I mean, what Arizona did to USC the other night, that blew my mind. SC just did not even show up. So, nope. I mean, I, I question, you know, whether they have the consistency to play at a high level, you know, day in, day out. And when they get to the tournament, I think you can't take a day off then. No. So, I'll tell you the interesting thing about the Duke situation we were talking about. Uh-huh. Um, there's going to be 50-plus ex-Duke stars from the past. Right. are going to be in Cameron Indoor Center. Right. And I think it's going to be a real emotional night. And, uh, you know, North Carolina has not had a great year this year. But, boy, I can tell you one thing. There's a lot of people down there in the uh, in the North Carolina area that are going to look forward to that game on Tobacco Road. That's going to be a dandy. And uh, there's going to be some emotions happening that night. I think the whole day on ESPN is going to be that. I mean, that's all they're going to be talking about uh, for 10 or 12 hours. And, again. And what about Jim Beheim's wife? Did you hear that? Did you I hear heard about that? that? I heard that Jimmy's not quitting, but uh, what else uh, that you heard? Well, his wife went to the uh, the mall, the Destiny Mall over in uh, Syracuse, New York. Right. I guess they got a cheesecake factory there, and she was having lunch. Right. She came out, and three young kids attempted to carjack her car, oh, God. steal her purse, and then they found out that she was the coach of, the, of Syracuse. They grabbed the purse, jumped into a stolen car, and ran off. Wow. I mean, that's that's really scary. I mean, this is the, the you know this is the p- part of this whole situation that's really. I did a lot of traveling last week, Fred. You know, I was out near neck of the woods. Right. Went to a, a very big wedding, and uh, you know, I gotta tell you, being in Las Vegas, we stayed at the at the New Circle Hotel downtown, and on on uh, Fremont Street, and we had the time of our lives, my wife and I. But I gotta tell you, there are so many wackadoos running around. It was. <laughs> I just said to myself, "Wow." No, again, I even before COVID, I think uh, we were right there, and COVID, I think, pushed us over, and now the war in Ukraine has even pushed us further. I think, yeah, wackadoo is the perfect word. Folks, believe sports business, sports media. Also heard on pod clips uh, around the world. He's Art. I'm Fred. Email us sportsfred at aol dot com. Sportsfred at aol dot com. Um, what am I missing here? Uh, the Combine this weekend, and folks were talking about uh, recruits to the National Football League. Les Snead says he's not going. McVay says he's not going. Now, even if you saw the movie Draft Day a few years ago with Kevin Costner, and I thought it was actually a pretty good movie, the point being, isn't it better to get more information than less information? And I, I understand the Rams do not have a pick in the top three rounds. However, one of these guys that somebody else has picked in a couple years, or maybe even before that, might be trade bait. So isn't it better that you bump into some of these players if you're McVay or if you're Les Snead, or are they better off you back here in Southern Cal? Due diligence? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, does that make any sense to you? Because I, I may have lost it. Tell me what you... Especially when you have guys like Von Miller who are free agents who are thinking about signing with the Baltimore Ravens. You know, you've got to see the top 300 players in the league. 
I mean, these are the guys that are going to be in the forefront within the next three, four, five years. And how you would not be there, you know, even even if you didn't act like you were the Rams coach or whatever, just, you know, kind of went clandestine and walked around and watched Malik, Malik Willis spin it, looked at the little hands on Kenny Pickett. You know, <laughs> you have to be in the in the moment. And I don't understand that. But I do feel like there's a lot of things going on with Coach McVay's life. I mean, his future wife, uh, Veronica Komen, you know, is, is from the Ukraine. Their family's back there. So, you know, I'll give him a pass. But Les Snead, who's quote-unquote the executive of the year for spending all of uh, Mr. Stan Kroenke's money, you know, he should be there. He's the general manager of the world champion Rams. I mean, at least make a couple token appearances, spend three days there, take a look at the players, get an idea of what's going on. You Let know, maybe you. they're happy. Maybe they're they're satisfied with winning their big, you know, championship last year. I don't know, Fred, but well, I would be there. It's very tough to repeat. I think the last one was New England. What two hundred three, two hundred four? So That's how many exactly times right. have, have how many times have teams repeated since the Super Bowl began in '67? Uh, not many times at all. And so again, I can uh, only think of Dallas, Green Bay, and then and New England. Those are the, the teams I can remember doing it. Did Pittsburgh once? I must. Pittsburgh might have in the seventy. I don't That's know. Right. I Maybe. think they had a, a year between theirs because they had a tough run there. They had the Raiders then. There are some other great teams in the old AFC. So, yeah, but you're 100 percent right. You know, repeating I think is the toughest thing to do in the National Football League because of the way the rules are set up, and there's a lot of other reasons as well. You have to pay these guys when they become world champions. All of a sudden, you know, they want they want to cash in, and you can't blame the players for that. All right, so uh, when you win the World Series right afterwards, a company out of, I think, Louisville, Louisville Bats or Big Bats, uh, tries to sell you a bat for a lot of money. So after the Rams win the Super Bowl, I don't know if you saw this commercial, but it ran for a week or two, they're going to sell a football, and they said they're only going to make 5,000 of them. How much do I think it would have cost uh, to buy a Rams football called Duke? I mean, the name of the football is Duke, and they make Well, they're $100 normally, so I'm going to have to say... Twenty five hundred? No, it's only no one hundred fifty nine dollars and ninety five cents. So, so they, so they basically raised the price sixty percent on the regular football. Yeah, you could buy down a dicks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of only five thousand, as they indicated, folks. You yeah, can't, right. Limited edition, <laughs> folks. You can't believe anybody, anywhere, anytime. Believe sports business, uh, sports media, right here. Oh, an, an interesting story. Um, the most expensive uh, baseball card, TT09, from 1909, of course. Uh, uh, and it's now, um, Charlie Sheen had it. And uh, then he, <laughs> then he you know, he let somebody well, in a he restaurant. He chopped up with that thing. Well, yeah, good point. Uh, no, he uh, gave it to a restaurant to hold, because the restaurant had a lot of sports memorabilia. Then the restaurant, restaurant was broken into, and they took it. Anyway, they found the card again. Got it back to him, and he sold it for four hundred thousand. This is like uh, fifteen years ago, more than that. He sold the card for four hundred thousand TT09, and Honus Wagner. And uh, you know what they think they're going to get now? Uh, the new owners are going to sell it. What would you imagine they're going to get as far as the auction is concerned? Probably ten times that. Yeah, like more than that for five million. They think they're going to go to five million again on a baseball card. God, I wish I had all my cards. You must have had some, huh? Oh my God! I I enjoyed the bubble gum. I loved the cards. You know, I 
the problem with me was, you know, when I play, used to put him in a shoebox, da 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 da. And, you know, my dad and I, we, we lived all over the world. We moved a lot, you know, because he was in the Department of Defense. Who knows where that stuff is, you know? <laughs> like you said, you know, the, the, the guys that helped me move probably have all my cards. You know? Yeah, folks, uh, let me tell you that story again. Uh, I'm moving, and I tell my, uh, I call my mom up. Yeah, I'm moving next week. Oh, who are you going to get to move? And I had called Beacons. Oh, you don't need Beacons. Uh, down our street, these kids are, are now movers. And so, and it's for much less money. So I called the kids. Yeah, we'll do it. And I, now I'm the idiot. I should have taken the cards in my car instead of putting it, uh, you know, with them. So I get to the new home. This is 30 years ago now, 30 three years ago now, and, um, oh, I'm sorry, one of them, one of the boxes dropped on the freeway. So in that box, I don't know, 5,000 cards, 4,000 cards, 10,000 yeah, cards. It dropped on the freeway and fell into his truck. <laughs> <laughs> but but I don't think they're sharp enough. They probably sold it right away, and they didn't hold on to it. And I had all kinds of 50s cards that are worth a lot of money now, and now I've got a, a small c- collection and even in that, you know, everybody trying to rip you off. And then, folks, just a couple more minutes right here on Believe Sports, Business Sports Media. But I had a, a, a sports collectible guy come over uh, a few weeks ago, and I have some Jim Brown cards, the the rookie card in 58. And basically, he was giving me $2,000 a card. Now, they're rated 1 to 10. He said it's probably a 5. I think it's a 7 or an 8. If it's a 10, it's like $300,000 or more. But it's probably a 7 or an 8, so it's probably worth twenty to 30000 He offered me 6000 total for all three cards. So how can an average person like me, who, you know, I'm into the sort of the collectibles. I read all the uh, Sports Collectibles Digest and the, and the Beckett Collectible book. But, I mean, uh, you're up against a guy who does that for a living. What does a small guy have? What chance do we have to actually ever win any negotiation? None, none whatsoever. You know, it, it's big money, big money, big money, baby. So I held on, I held on to it, and so when I die, my wife will sell them, and she won't know what they're worth, so she'll give them away. And I've told her that you know they're worth this and then, but my wife is not going to care. I know that. But anyway, the point is, but it's a tough world out there, as Art indicated earlier on this show. Art, one final comment from you on Believe Sports Business Sports Media. Well, in the NCAA championships, you know, I stopped in Vegas last week and I got all my my, my numbers and everything. Right. UCLA is now fifteen to one to win it all. Right. USC is fifty to one to win it all. Right. Would you put a wager on either one of those teams to win the NCAA championship? And who uh, would you put your money on? Okay, here are my thoughts. If you were to say to get you give me a number to get to the sweet sixteen, I might bet on both of them. If you're uh-huh. going to say to win the get to the final four, I'm not sure because again UCLA falls to sleep. USC, uh-huh. one thing they do win are close games, but they fell to sleep as indicated against Arizona on on Tuesday night this week. I don't know uh, uh, between the two UCLA I guess, but again I'm a UCLA fan, but uh-huh. I don't know who's going to win Saturday. I mean it, because you got Enfield against. Uh, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think of Gonzaga at five to one as the favorite to win it all? We've talked about that. He's never won. He's had a lot of good teams. Mark Few, yeah. He's Mark Few, and I, and I think sometimes that goes into a cycle where you never do win. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, uh, you indicated uh, the times that uh, Coach K lost when he first started, but mm-hmm. Few's been there 20 years now. And, uh, you know, he's just good a point. lot of good teams and a lot of talent. 
and he's never managed to jump. And I don't know. They're, look, at, I don't think there's any one dominant team. Baylor, of course, last year was dominant. They're not as dominant, but they're finishing well now. And a few weeks ago, they weren't. Baylor's strong. Uh, Arizona's very strong. I don't think there's any question. Of course, that would this would be funny, Art, if you think about it. Tommy Lloyd, many-year assistant to Mark Few at Gonzaga, jumps to Arizona uh, when they fi- fire jo- Sean Miller. And if Arizona should win it, don't you find that rather interesting? If the assistant that would be that would be really bizarre because he spent a lot of years, you know, right there listening and learning under Mark Few, and it wouldn't surprise me at all. Here's the big mind blower. Yeah, I was in Vegas when uh, when Coach Juwan Howard kind of had a little bit of a moment there. Yeah, they went from literally fifteen to one to ninety to one, based basically on that situation. Um, that's crazy. I mean, wow. I, I, I didn't realize it had that but a, much of an effect on it. I've got a long shot on that one, Fred. Ooh. I like this Texas Tech team. I think they play great basketball, and I also like the Auburn Tigers, and I know they're ranked number one, they're, or they've been ranked number one. But I, I just I have a funny feeling that that ball club could be the team to watch in the NCAA tournament. Bruce Pearl's a good coach, but uh, he's put his teams everywhere into uh, trouble. I don't know if it's going to happen this year. <laughs> so he's but, the modern-day Jerry Tarkadian? Yeah, he really is. And I, I like the way he dresses on the sideline. Uh, and, again, they're very talented. I'm not questioning that. So it should be an interesting uh, NCAA tournament starting, of course, uh, next uh, two weeks from uh, this week, and we'll see what happens. Art, uh, it's been fun. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Sports Overnight America. Thanks, Fred. Always great. And everybody be safe out there. Tough times. Art Source, Fred, Believe Sports Business Sports Media. Thank you, Mario. And we'll see you around the corner, actually in one week, right here on this show. Bye, everybody.